Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the fin difference between winning and losing! Welcome into 11 Personnel, back and better than ever. I'm Nick Roush with Adam Luckett, who was just holding up a UK football ticket. Where was that, that football ticket? I, I, was, I, had, uh, I was cleaning out my laptop bag this morning. Oh. Um, Jerry Lorenzen game, actually. Oh, nice. You know what I use these for? Uh, like bookmarks, bookmarks in your uh, Phil Steele? Bookmarks. <laughs> these make the book. best bookmarks, these tickets. So you're saying you read books too? I do. I'm reading Bruce Feldman's the QB right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you know Malcolm Gladwell or you know I could have seen you being a uh, uh, like a history World War II kind of guy of sorts, but of course, just you know no, more. Bruce I don't. Feldman. I think um, my father-in-law just gave my wife the energy bus, the Willie Cauley Stein book. I don't know if you remember that. I think <laughs> oh, I yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to read that. He, my, my wife's going to read it first. Um, but I'm reading this, and then I've got a couple other books I want to read this summer. Like, I want to read Moneyball. Never read that. Did uh, Did you read the Coach O book with Bruce Feldman yet? Not yet. I, I'm going to buy that later, but it's kind of tainted now with everything that's going on at LSU. He's going to have to, like, write a second edition. But I've, re- I've read um, The, the meat, meat Market, his first meat book with Orgeron. Yeah. That's a great – I think everybody should read that. That book is great. Man, I wish I had time to read books. Instead, I just end up reading like long profiles, and that's pretty much like the extensive of my book reading. Because so, especially, man, you get the athletic ten thousand word articles. Yeah, it's like you yeah. know, it's it's a chore. I read one today on Adrian Martinez. Actually, who is that? A baseball uh, they wrote, player? Somebody wrote a big piece on Adrian Martinez today. Is he that this morning? Is he baseball? Who's no, Adrian? the Nebraska quarterback. Oh, I get all my. Really, like it? You're spending your time on Nebraska quarterbacks named Martinez. Yeah, I'm just wasting like, your time, pal. Just need to know what's going on out there. Well, you know what is going on? This week, Racing Louisville is opening up the NWSL franchise here in Louisville. Like it, basketball season's over. It's full speed ahead with football. And this is Kentucky's first ever major league team. They're in the premier division of women's soccer and the first game in the NWSL challenge cup it's against the orlando pride the home of one alex morgan she's pretty good at soccer which i guess football we'll call we'll stick to football on a football podcast that orlando stadium is right by the citrus bowl i remember passing it up yeah yeah i, I remember that, that as well so it's a nice stadium it's not as near as nice as lynn family stadium oh no, no way have, have you been out there yet look at just drove by it on the expressway. I well, know KRC had got a little behind the scenes tour. Yeah, and I actually uh, went to a Louisville City game there last year. You need to take your chance now to go to a game by visiting racingloufc.com to get tickets and using the promo code KSR for tickets at a discounted rate. They aren't steep. You can also check them out at SeatGeek to find more but i'm telling y'all when family stadium it's immaculate and 
I, I'm very excited for when they can even have more and more folks show up because it's it's really the perfect viewing experience. There's not a bad seat in the house. They've got tons of bars, uh, food. I mean, it's and they even have an area where like the kids can play while you watch the game. Uh, it's exciting. Like, look at I know you're a baseball guy, but a soccer game you got to be locked in. There's no like downtime where you're 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 farting around between pitches. Soccer keeps you locked in the whole entire time. It's very similar to basketball on the up and down nature. Mm-hmm. Speaking of basketball, who is the college football version of Mark Few? <sighs> I've been mm. racking my brain on this now. Mm. So you've got this guy who's built a dynasty out of nowhere, plays a soft schedule, gets mm. to the championship and just can't get over the hump. Ah, uh, man. I, I want to say – because the problem with college football is a lot of times teams just don't make it there. It, mm-hmm. it, I, I would liken it to the old Big East teams that, yeah, you know, your Louisville's, your Rich Rods at West Virginia's that were always knocking on the door but could never completely get it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would always slip up at some point. Uh, but it really is difficult I mean, to – like. Lincoln Riley is the one I came up with, maybe inverse Bob Stoops, because Bob Stoops won it early, but then got there a bunch of times afterwards and could never win it. Yeah. Um, and they yeah. kind of dominate that league. But, yeah, I thought, like what he's built at Gonzaga, well, I mean, you can't do that in football for would the it obvious be, reasons. Would it be uh, – what's his name that was at Boise and went to Washington and just retired? I, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's probably the closest thing you could say because right. they, they, in 2010, they legitimately could have won the national championship if it went for Colin Kaepernick in Nevada on Thanksgiving Friday. Mm-hmm. What's, but, what's his name now? Boy, I can't, I can't, yeah, Chris can't Peterson. Chris Peterson. There we go. It's got to be a West. It's it's got to be a West Coast guy too. Just, oh, they don't right, play real yeah. sports. <laughs> West of the narrative, right? <laughs> Which the I man, love that narrative, by the way. Right. Very much love hating on the West Coast Conference. If you couldn't tell by my tweets. Mm-hmm. And just the metrics wise, he had four top two teams in the last five years. Now, obviously, one tournament was canceled, but to go on that run and not win a national championship can't win the big one. There are some people that would get bashed for that in the press but i don't think few will be one of those it's just something to keep in mind that's the that's what was my big big brain takeaway from last night was and what, what was a dominant performance was the big brain takeaway Uh-oh. yeah well i got a big head so i gotta oh that is uh, in fact a large dome oh i like this sporting news just ranked the best teams to not win a title we've got your oh three cats are in the mix uh at 32 one in kimpom that year yeah uh they, they were they were very good that year uh as we mentioned previously first team to run the table completely right in the sec Regular I think they were the first tournament. power conference team to run it in a 16-game schedule, then plus the conference tournament. So, really, the probably the conference tournament area era, um, conference tournament era, they were the first mm-hmm. to do that. I'm, I'll, I'll, sure. I'm not going to check your math on that, but I will agree with you. That sounds good to me. Uh, they've got 2010 Kentucky in there at 21. And, of course, they're going to have this 2015. Ooh, they've got Fab Five at number nine. Chris Weber's timeout. Man, I laugh every time I see that clip. I just do. I can't help it. Uh, we've got 2015 Kentucky at number two, 
right behind the UNLV team that lost to Duke, which is yeah, That's fair. Yeah, yeah, totally respectable. Uh, the Patrick Ewing Georgetown team that lost to Villanova is three. Yeah. Yeah, so that sounds about right. That's a good list uh, with this year's Gonzaga team at number five. Suck at Gonzaga. Thanks for giving me so much money that I will have to bet at the Kentucky Derby, which, look, it, you know me when I got the news that they're letting people in the infield. Like, it just – I was popping champagne. I was Mercury Morris after the last undefeated team loss. I want you to do your research, and then on our official draft preview pod at the end, we can just let you – handicap out and give us some winners okay all right I'll, oaks and derby all right there's one horse i'm biased because i know the person uh who's his, his assistant trainer used to play basketball with him back in the day obizos is a late running long shot that if some horses get out of the field he could come in and, and hit a ticket uh but i will say it's going to be more wide open than normal well last year they was just that that one lock that can't miss yeah, and it and ended up missing. But but the, the horse that ended up winning, I mean, he won the Breeders' Cup Classic, too. It was a Baffert horse. So even though it wasn't the favorite, it was still like your second or third best horse uh, in the field. This year, the best horse is Essential Quality. It just won a heck of a race at the Bluegrass at Keeneland this weekend. He's a gray Brad Cox. Brad Cox is from Louisville. He's my dog. His, kid go, his kids go to sales. Like, basically, if I could make somebody my best friend, it would be him. He has won me so much money. It is ridiculous. Love Brad Cox. It's going to be like a one to two favorite. You're going to win no money at all on him on Derby Day. Um, but he could get beat. That horse could get beat. It was uh, it was a tight race. He won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile as well. Undefeated right now. So, I'm going to be very hyped on Derby Day, rooting for essential quality. Hope it happens, but who knows? Uh, and that was Derby handicapping. Very them. nice to have the Derby and Masters on their correct dates this spring. Yeah. Oh, I'm man. very excited about that. And it really is a, um, like, this week it's like 80 degrees in Louisville. We're even mm -hmm. recording earlier than normal because my office is getting so toasty. And <laughs> I got to have the window unit on. It'd sound like crap all recording. But, but the getting out of basketball – and into Masters Derby, there's just something in the air, like it, especially in the city of Louisville. The the Final Four to Master transition, I think, is the best transition in sports. <laughs> it's so smooth. It really is. You the go from thing... one Super Bowl in a major sport to the, another Super Bowl in a major sport, just like that, and the same guys announcing it. Yeah, It's just smooth. I think it's the best transition that we have well, in the sporting world. The only thing that I wish that they did differently was go back to the old days whenever the women's championship was on yeah. Tuesday night and they mm -hmm. played the final four on Sunday, just because it was, it was much easier to kind of wean yourself off, you know? Right. Um, so I, I, I do. And, and hell, that was a much better game than the one last night, particularly if you uh, weren't cheering for Baylor. So uh, shout out to the women, shout out to Jim Nance. It is Jim Nance season. Uh, I, it's also Wubby season. She's coming up here to say hi to me. Uh, sweet little pit bull. It's, she's wanting to walk. I can already, I can feel it in her prancing around the room. But it, it's Jim Nance season. And love him or hate him, he is, he has the mantle right now as the sports guy. I mean, he, he does them all. But like, I wanted to know your, I wanted to know your ideal announcing team for a Kentucky football broadcast and a Kentucky basketball broadcast because the thing about Nance I'm really glad he doesn't do college football 
I don't like him that much in NFL. Like, he just doesn't feel like much of a football guy to me. Romo's lighting him up. It's loosening him up some. I can even hear it some in the basketball broadcast where he'll kind of crack some jokes here and there. But he's still, I just, I don't I don't like him for football. Hello, friends. Like, it's just it's just not football. So, I'm curious, like, who is your ideal Kentucky football broadcasting crew? Now, on this, can we? All time all time yeah it doesn't have to be right now all time the first thing i'll say is the espn seven o'clock so not the herb street but the other primetime slot with mcdonough and blackledge blackledge that's that kentucky got it for a&m a couple years ago that's that's a good team florida this year Uh, well they had um not this year but the year before that they had levy greasy yeah, I, I don't like them too much. They're, I don't know. I'm, I like. I think they do a good job. They're fine, but Vivi and uh, and Greasy are both just. They have dry voices. They don't have much. There's not a lot of personality behind mm-hmm. the way they talk. McDonough's great, and then Bikeledge, I think, is a good mix with him. So that's probably just watching the game. That's my favorite team. I feel mm-hmm. like, but all time, that's you. You'd have to really dig in. I'm trying to think back when I was little. Do you just want to go the Jefferson Pilot route? Man, I think I would go the Jefferson Pilot route for basketball. Yeah. The old uh, Larry Conley and was right, it Godin Jr.? Tom, yeah, Tom Heyman, Larry Conley. That would probably be my all-time basketball one with – I really did like when Sean Farnham was doing it. Before they had him doing all that hokey in pregame stuff where he's like walking down right. the steps and doing all that junk. I really liked Farnham and uh, uh, and Brad Nessler. And and also Tess. People people forget that we had Tessator for a while with SC, like doing SEC tournaments. He was incredible. Right. Um, but I, I do think I would probably go Nessler – Farnham behind Hammond Conley in my basketball rankings. Yeah. Like there was a Ron Frank. You probably won't remember this, Nick. Ron Franklin, Mike Godfrey was a team. I remember as a little kid. And I, I just thought, Mike Godfrey. Yeah. I just thought Fra- Franklin had like this, I guess like a Southern draw kind of strong voice. Mm-hmm. I just thought they were so cool. I was like, man, I would love to do that job. <laughs> and then, um, I mean, uncle Vern, It'd be hard for me to pass Uncle Vern. I'd almost have to have him. The the SEC CBS jingle. Gary Danielson's not great. If if we got if we had Uncle Vern with that's what I'm trying to think. Who would I put him with? Like even really on like even on basketball, guy? if you had him with Raftery, that would be great. Like I, they I did love some Onion. stuff for CBS in the tournament. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, he did he did Duke Kentucky. He did the shot in '92. Right. He did the shot and he did the kick six. And I think part of where I, um, I wanted to work to with this is that I really like, I like Nestler now. Uncle Vern is obviously the goat when it comes to CBS stuff, but Musburger was my, like, I, I was so happy, even though he was older, I was so happy that he did a lot of those the Saturday night right. special. I just right. don't know who, I guess Herb Street is just going to forever have that mantle as the best right-hand man because Dan Fouts was garbage. It's just a shock to me that <laughs> they even good. paid him. Herb Street's good, but I wish there was more of a character. You know what I mean? Like that's what's great about basketball is 
even like Dickie Vean is prime, uh, raftering out. Like you have some sort of character, some personality there. And we don't really, I, I guess whenever you get a, maybe they could become it with like Golic Jr. And maybe if McAfee does a little bit more, it could go that direction. But I, I need more personality because college football is supposed to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I don't need all this stuffiness because we got, we got plenty of that in the NFL. I have to go back two years ago now. And they can't do it now because Adam and Mean moved over to Fox. But Amin oh, yeah. McAfee and their third – who was their Hasselbeck. third guy? I thought that was a really good team. I thought they did a great job because I think Amin's a really good play-by-play guy. McAfee has his own little style. And then Hasselbeck, like I think just him himself, he could get a little dry. But in between those two guys, yeah, he's good. I think it was a really good balance. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And Amin, too, he's a great – that's another great big voice. I was watching the old shots of uh, Agumba Wale from Notre Dame when she hit those shots. Right. Yeah. And he's just losing his mind. Agumba Wale. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so awesome. So I, I, I'm with you there, Luckett. Uh, which, man, Fox, they're stealing the, the big voice guys. I know. Right. Brock Heard's another guy I liked as a color guy. He did the Citrus Bowl a couple years ago. He's moved to Fox now. He's on their college football. Right. He's just the Pac 12 games and stuff. Is it's also the SEC and me that I don't like Joe Clatt just because of how highly yeah. he talks about. I'm not. I'm <laughs> not, not SEC. On Joe Clatt. He's yeah. grown on me a little bit. I'm now that he's got away from this SEC, the anti-SEC shtick. I mean, it's Maybe like Canel uh, Bums, but still, it's like Canel. Yeah, yeah, Canel. Just you when you have a take opposite of Canel, it's you're on the right side of history. You know, um, right? Yeah. But uh, enough broad. I mean, it just got me fired up for like some big games on Saturdays. I'm really hopeful that everybody's getting shot up right now. So we can have some, some big games. I, I don't know if you've done it yet. Luck it, but you can schedule an appointment at Walgreens and get in like the next day. I'll be scheduling the next week or so. I uh, go, go is to get it done by Derby. I think. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead and get one to, I think um, in Lexington, they're giving out the Johnson and Johnson shots now at their uh, Lufka the Lexington Fayette County Urban Government. That those are just one shots and you're done. So you can sign up there. The, I was shocked at how quickly the pharmacy ones. Like you don't have to just go to one of these big sites. Uh, you can just go to your pharmacy that's a mile down the road. So uh, let's make it happen so we can get full stadiums back. I know I'm going to be in Nirvana, walking around in the Derby infield. It'll feel like home. We need college football to feel like home because, you know, it's it's just not the same. It's not the same. Um, like we did get a different version of Liam Cohen Tuesday morning. He's been um I don't want to call him a sunshine pumper up to this point, but you know, he's he, he said a lot of nice things. He's came in excited. He speaking at length about just what the offense has been doing, yada yada yada. And we finally got to just pissed off Cohen. And I mm-hmm. frankly I'd love to see it. He was just ticked off today. He was, man. Uh, I don't think he ever got asked that directly, but it wasn't hard to see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's bad poker face because he was kind of trying to to not be as out. But he just kept stressing getting in your book, getting in your book. And when we talked about the adjustments from pro to college, that's one of the biggest hurdles is you don't have unlimited time. And I think that's driving him nuts that these some of the guys aren't doing the extra effort so that 
when it comes to meeting time, they're not playing catch up. It's not any remediation of any sorts. I think that just really ticked them off today because some guys mm-hmm. weren't as prepared as they needed to be. You go back to the beginning of spring, they were pretty upfront with we're hitting them with everything kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And now you just hit the point where you, you hit the wall. What's it like the third or fourth week? Yeah, yeah, they're they're they can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Probably practice eight or nine. You don't right. have a game to get hyped up for. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't blame him. We're all human. I don't even think they've had a scrimmage yet either. Yeah, the if way he talked, talked about, about it. it. Right, right. Which I'm guessing they're going to have one on Saturday and then one next Saturday. Yeah, or, or maybe sounds, he said Latin. two. So yeah, maybe. Yeah. When's the last practice? The 24th. We got. Well, whenever it is, it might be the last two Saturdays. So it might not be this Saturday. It might be the next two. But yeah, I think it's definitely some wall walls being hit. And, yeah. And you you know they could be they could be struggling with the the mass of the playbook. I suppose we've heard him throw that out a lot. But I wonder if that was more just that sounded more just like for the younger players. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Like because and it's part of our jobs too, where. I mean, how many times can we ask about Wondell Robinson? You know, so we get farther down the depth chart and start asking about guys, and it's like, you know, need uh, need to get in their playbooks. You know, Mm -hmm. Isaiah Cummings and uh, Mike Drennan were two that were asked about today. U.S. one of them, and they're both guys who need to get in their book, as Cohen would say. It was a interesting dynamic. Two twenty twenty guys, second year in the program, need to get in the playbook. Two 2021 early enrollees, Lavelle Wright, Chauncey Magwood, doing a great job getting in their playbook. Yeah. And knowing what they want to do and kind of saying, these guys love football. Right, right. And, and you know what, though? Like, Not just, saying the other two don't, but just saying these guys well, are like dudes we can trust kind of thing. And, like, here's the thing. Between us, between our listeners, like – I mean, Drennan's a skateboarder, skateboarder, mm-hmm. you know, like there, there's a difference between a guy who's a great athlete and a guy who just eats, drinks and sleeps football. I'm not saying you have to be one of those to be a successful f- football player, but when it comes to impressing the new coach in the first two weeks of practice, like those guys are just going to jump out more. They just are uh, trying to learn right. a new offense. I'm sure for Drennan and Cummings, like I bet a lot of like right now I would just be pumped that it's nice outside and things are getting kind of more normal and you can socialize a little bit more. Like I, I, that's, I was that guy, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? So I, I completely understand, but that's, that's part of the re that's, that's, you, you said it pretty plainly. Like it, there's the eat, sleeps, drinks, football. And then there's the, well, they aren't, they aren't spending enough extra time on their playbook. So, um, but I do think, Man, what he had to say about Magwood was, I he he said you could see a lot of former quarterback in him, which, which that was a rap on that kid coming mm-hmm. out of South Georgia. It was this kid loves to play football, and like he's gonna be able to be a guy that can contribute right away, um, because of his IQ, high level IQ he has, receiver ability, and then what he can do with the ball in, a hand, in his hands that he showed at quarterback. And I thought Lavelle Wright, I thought what he said about him was nice too. And there's a shot for playing time there at that running back spot. And you look at Lavelle, he's bigger than I thought he was. Yeah, yeah. 
He, I mean, he's tall. He's about six one. I think he's right at two ten. Well, and he's going to be a guy that gets up to probably two twenty five by the time he has a few years in a strength and conditioning program. There's and, there's a void there. Tisdale yeah, and, and McLean haven't grabbed it yet. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have a chance, and the scrimmage is going to. That's that's where you really make your move. You can only do so much in practice where you're tagging off, but in a scrimmage where you're going to go live, that's what's really going to separate and kind of maybe allow players to grab a spot on a depth chart heading into the summer. And I, I think it also – obviously Wright wasn't doing the same kind of route running that he will be asked to do now. But we've seen him make plays out of the passing game. I mean, my God, that play he made to win the game at Douglas in the season opener last year was nuts. Mm-hmm. Like that, that that was a heck of an effort play where, you know, it's just a check down, but he's got open field and he knows how to operate. He doesn't have to just bang in between tackles. He's a, he's a football player. And I think that's another asset about both of those guys where they'll, they'll do a little bit of whatever for you. Um, and, man, the, the other thing, too, that just – thinking back to what Charles said, Walker, who was on the KSR football podcast, he was talking about the the kind of routes that Wandale was running. He's just like, you know, Juice would do some of that kind of stuff, but not really anybody else has been doing it since. And Wandale's doing it now, even though Magwood is not polished by any means necessary, he has the football IQ to get there. Uh, he's at least shown those signs early on. Yeah, what I would assume Charles is meaning is some of those option routes. Right. Uh, and receiver makes a read and either goes left or right on mm-hmm. whether it's out or, an, or a, they kind of call it a whip route. That's something well, – uh, if you go back and watch the Kentucky-Florida game, that, or they called it a jerk route, Doring did. It was pretty much just like he makes a read and then, he, you know, you go left or right pretty much. Um, and you put a lot of faith in a receiver to do that. And that's something I think they they trusted Juice to do, and he mm-hmm. usually got open on those, especially in like they would go to that to like on like third and short or fourth and three a lot, where Juice would make a you know a quick cut some either inside or outside, and Johnson would hit him to get a first down. But yeah, I think that's that's what Wantnell definitely brings to the table is that short area burst and quickness to get open and get some easy completions for your quarterback. Uh, a warning to our listeners. I'm really worried that my caffeine high is about to just burn out because it was a late night last night, but I was jittery before this podcast. So excited to talk about football. And like I said, football at Lynn Family Stadium, RacingLouisvilleFC.com. Go check out one of those games. I'm just excited to get outside. It's going to be 80s. I got sunburn on my dome uh, yesterday, this over the weekend, over Easter weekend, like it. First dome burn of the year. Uh, that happens when you don't have hair on the top of your head, in case you were wondering. Neck, neck burn for me, Easter Sunday, mm, out of nice. the family farm. We're back. We are all the way back. Uh, did you milk any cows? Did not. Uh, had to keep one of my dogs from jumping in the pond and biting mm. fish off of people's poles who were fishing out there. But oh, other than that, nice. good. Eating uh, loss, you know, just regular dog activities. Did you, did you pull any eggs out from the chickens and then hard-boil them for the hunt? <laughs> Uh, no, we had an adult Easter egg hunt. Got me some oatmeal cream pies. Oh, so was there beer for breakfast this week? Pretty I've excited heard, about that. I've heard that there's beer adult Easter egg hunts. Were there beers there? We didn't do beer. 
but no, I, no, I have, no I have participated in those before for sure. Oh, man. Those are pretty cool. Um, one other football thing I wanted to mention, uh, because we recorded in the middle of pro day stuff last year, uh, the NFL draft, it's, it's coming. It's, it's derpy weekend. Uh, we got three the- weeks, three weeks from Thursday. As I look mm-hmm. at my calendar right now. Nice. So we got a little two for going and Jamin Davis, we were marveling at just watching him from far and not knowing the numbers. They were as stupid as we expected. Of course, the 40 times were pro day 40 times. And this year, the pro day 40 times have just been incredible. Loving every second of the embellishment from the stopwatches. And hey, those are the rules. They're 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 just playing by them. So yeah. Um, but they, Davis, Kentucky did get roasted a little bit by some draft folks for the 40 times, believe it or not. Oh man, I'm I mean that's not surprising whatsoever. But Davis is still he lived up to the billing on film. He's gonna end up being a day one pick. Uh, I know Daniel Jeremiah had Kelvin Joseph in his latest first round. He'll be most likely day two, but if a team likes him, they might go with day one. I don't think I haven't dug into it all the way, Luckett, but I don't get the sense that cornerback is corner, excuse me, cornerback, I gotta emphasize that, is very deep in this year's draft. Um, so you know, you can have a run on him early and he could he could pop off the board quickly. Uh, but my biggest takeaway from the overall event is just I think Brandon Eccles really yeah. Really, really proved that he can be a slot corner and a specialist uh, at the NF, at the next level. Yeah, there's um there's a guy on Twitter who's putting in like graphics where it shows like how these guys rank, and Eccles, size wise, obviously was lower tier, but on all the shuttles and runs and stuff, he was very good, elite level. And then you, I think Landon Young too. I think he mm-hmm. put up some big numbers. Yeah. Like Eccles is a guy now I could see going in the fifth round. Which I think that's, going into uh, that's season, that was about me. as good as you could ask for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he didn't have a, I mean, he did have a great CPR at the end of the year. <laughs> and he had a pick in his final game, but he didn't put up gaudy numbers, especially we for have a team re- that picked yeah. off a bunch of passes. We have to remember the competition level this year, too. No, and Kentucky true. didn't have a pass rush. Yeah. Like they but, had to, I mean, Alabama, Florida, Ole Miss. Those are three passing offenses that you may see one of that caliber every three years. They saw three in the same, in a shortened season. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they still, the defense still had overall good numbers when you look at back at, at the end. So I think that's important to remember when you're when you're grading mm-hmm. Eccles. But uh I think he's a proven tackler or willing tackler, I should say. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean Got particularly that, that short area quickness. First that first year, man, he made a ton of tackles. And I think he was Kentucky's leading tackler for a while. Yeah. The only concern I would have with him is teams are probably gonna draft him to be that slot corner. And I think Kentucky tried him out there, and it just didn't really work. So can he make that transition? But from a special team standpoint, he brings value. And as a reserve corner, he brings value. But he's got to be able to play inside because I don't think he can be an outside corner, really. He would get picked on for the lack of size out there. But he's going to be a guy that's going to get drafted, I think, and going to be given a very good chance to make the team. And then over to Landon, 
the profile, I don't see how he does not get drafted. Former five-star recruit, started multiple years, played left tackle the entire time, great teammate, captain, married, mature, bounced back from an injury, country strong. I just like that's a guy that you just draft him. Like, I mean, look at what look at it. He checks all these boxes. Like, right, that's a guy right. we want in our locker room. Let's get him in here, give him a shot, and even keeping plan on keeping him around because he's a good presence to have, I think, in the locker room. So that's I, I mean, he has to go. And then I think Drake a lot for a lot of the same reasons. So I, I think you're looking at the fifth, sixth round. I, I would expect all three of those guys to go off the board. And then late, we'll see if uh, someone will take a flyer or maybe someone else. But I think I think you walk into this draft feeling like, and then plus Duffy, yeah, and then feeling like six Bo- guys are going to go off. But Bo- Bohanna too. Bohanna uh, two seven. My my, my Bohanna yeah. will go off too. Yeah, probably in that fifth six round range. I would assume. Th- there's just not knows like him and McNeil for NC State. Like there's there's just not a lot out there. So if you need one, yeah, those are the guys so you got to get. I feel pretty confident about them getting seven draft picks. Which I think will be a program record. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's weird because I I've tried to do that that number crunching before. They used to have like seventeen rounds. Yeah, you have to keep it in the modern era when they used to have twenty eight rounds. Yeah, like in the eighties, yeah. you know, you'd have a ton of guys getting picked. And mm-hmm. I, hell, I wonder if those guys even would like show up to camps. You know, right. <laughs> I mean, they drafted so many players. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, there's one person who he could have been in this year's class. He'll be in the next one. That's Darian Kennard, which every time we see him look at, he gets scarier. Yeah, it's, he's a big it, old boy. It's like he's uh, extreme. I don't know how to put it. I really don't. But it's almost like if you got to customize your character on like a video game and you get to earn upgrades. Uh, if it was Grand Theft Auto and you got to make your person more of a badass, Kennard does that every time we see him. Today, he had on a chain that could knock your ass out if you hit him with it. And I think he upgraded his tats too. Like, I think he's got a full sleeve now. And dude just looks – he's scary as hell, man. Strong – Pop superstar body bodyguard vibes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Darian Kennard. Oh, or like, yeah, I would agree because he would be near the stage, and if anybody got close, like right. you're stopping when you see him because dude is just Nick Lewis. A, I don't if he, I don't know if he'll make it, mm-hmm. but he can make a good living just being a bodyguard. No, oh, without a doubt. <laughs> but Kennard, man, he is he's the kind of guy that. Like whenever Kentucky used to play, like early two thousands, you'd show up to games. It's like, why can't we have guys that look like that? He, 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 he fits the bill, and also he's really good at blocking. Like mm-hmm. he, he's a good player too. He, it's not just uh, bark. He, he's got a light, a lot of bite behind him as well. Yeah, and he had a good or interesting comment about just the steps with the outside zone. That's really really the, the key point is making sure in that zone, making sure you're not leaving too early, making sure you're timing it right with the guy next to you. So he's there to get um, that guy. So you can move on to get the outside guy, something they're, they're working through. And of course we can't see how it's going, but it's what it is. But I think 
I think that was kind of what we what we expect. And I thought it was important to realize this guy's played left. Like he played a lot of left as a true freshman. Yeah, yeah, that was the I year. Think, uh, um, Landon we was forget hurt, right? that. So this it should make it a better transition. Yeah, no, you're or exactly right. Transition. He also because uh, you know Cohen did say some nice things about Jagger Burton's just talent, and Kennard was very quick to be the old man saying, "He's got you gonna learn today, son. You got a lot to to, to figure yeah. out still." So I really enjoyed that. You got to pay your dues a little bit. <laughs> I love it. And like, I I mean, I think it's if you've got that guy teaching Burton how it needs to be it's going to be that right you know so uh great to hear uh e- even though it wasn't a going review from practice from liam cohen still that, that that's what i like I, I like a good mix up they can't all be great they're not always going to be great uh, but we still learned something this week from spring practice adam luckett yeah learn they didn't have a great day today it seems like and they fit the wall which i think is kind of expected I bet next week we'll the probably hear how, how good they've bounced back. <laughs> <laughs> no, we certainly will. And uh, we're also going to see the Racing Louisville open up their season this Saturday at Lynn Family Stadium. Get your tickets now. We've got a link of KSR. KSR readers get discounted Challenge Cup tickets. You can get in the door for less than 20 bucks. It's going to be a sellout. Be there when they kick off the season this Saturday, April 10th at 7 p.m. at Lynn Family Stadium. And once again, join us back here next week. We're going to talk some more football. Uh, we'll have you want to talk Masters. Give me a Masters picks right quick. Oh, man. yeah. We can't we can't forget Masters picks. I need so the thing I do, like I do basically like the it's not daily fantasy, but my my, my group of friends, you know, you have your your upper tier, your lower tiers. Yeah. There's so many lower tiers. I can't just bet on the postman and Fleener this year. So who are some of those lower tier guys I can fish for some, for some. Okay. Important thing to remember with masters. It's a second shot golf course. Oh, that's perfect for me. So yeah. <laughs> I'm a second shot golfer. So like, obviously if you're like Bubba and you can bomb it off the tee, if you're accurate with it, that's obviously going to help because then you can just wedge and everything, but strokes gained approach, like the approach shots is what you want to look at now. Like, Obviously, the guys at the top of the board, you've got like Morikawa, Justin Thomas. Um, DJ's up there right outside of the top 10. But hey, like, so hey, you, you're looking for like, so if you wanted like a 50 to one shot or something like that, is that kind of area you're looking at? Yeah, yeah. Give me, or even longer. Because yeah. I just go on total score. So they don't even, you know, it's not even yeah. necessarily to win. Like Cam Smith finished, I think, top five here last year. He's 35 to one. He's played really well this year. He's got the mullet. Oh, say no so more. he's in, he's definitely interested in Hatton's 50 to one. Um, he's top 10 and uh, strokes gained approached. Um, but the good thing about this, you've got a lot of guys like Wilson Zalatoris is somebody I've been big on, like top 10s, top 20s this year. He's top five in that metric. He's 75 to one. Now he's a rookie. This is his first time ever playing Augusta, um, but he's been good all year. Uh, Abram Hanser's 80 to one. I like him. So there's a lot of good guys out there. I would say if you're looking for somebody like that, I would probably stick with Hatton. 50 to 1, I think, is good value on him. Okay. Relation to Vernon Hatton? <laughs> Do not think so. Now, uh, Terrell Hatton, he's he's an Englishman. Oh, he's from England. Gosh, I got to vote for <laughs> And Cam Smith's from Australia, but he, he uh, looks like he's from Arkansas. 
<laughs> I love the the game Alabama or England. That's a fun one. Yes, yes, that's a good one. Um, but I, 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 my, my only tip is to fade DJ because yeah. I was on the firm, similar to Gonzaga, loved hating on DJ as the one who couldn't win the big one. And especially when he gacked away, was it at Pebble Beach, the U.S. Open, where he missed the putts? Yeah, when he lost to Spieth 2015, yeah. Oh, man, I loved it, every second of it. He's won some big ones recently. He had, he was, I mean, he had one of the best years individually last outside year. Tiger that we've seen on the tour last year. Yeah, without fans, because he's mm-hmm. he, he backs <laughs> it. And yeah. I, so, I, are they going to, I'm sure, I'm assuming they're going to have some fans or some patrons yeah there, there'll be fans there i think it's like twenty thousand or something yeah i i think i'd fully anticipate him choking getting back to his usual self mm-hmm. he's a total head case um and so fade dj dj uh plus 950 over at DraftKings right now looking at it speed's getting a lot of buzz oh he's of really course got he his is. irons locked in but he's a head case too he'll, he'll fall apart if jt didn't win the players he would be my pick this week oh but he's too hot yeah, it's just you don't win the players and the masters in the same year. That's it's hard to it? do. I mean, that's two of the top four tournaments or top five tournaments. I mean, Tiger's done it before, but it's just <laughs> like the odds say you just don't win both of them. Right, right. You regress to the mean. Like uh, Cantlay, Shoffley, they're due for a win. Kepka at twenty eight to one. Shoffley has been he's have he's been like Ricky Fowler as of late too. That like he can't, all yeah, these guys made. So. Maybe I'll probably ride that just to see if he finally does uh, cash one in. Tony Finau is another one who can't buy a win, but he's always up there. He's 35 mm-hmm. to one. Mm-hmm. You can get him top 10 odds on him or top five odds for six to one, which is pretty good for him. So, yeah, I mean, the yeah. thing about these tournaments is they're hard, but you can easily see a 50 to one shot winning it. It's not too crazy. Not too unheard of. Mm-hmm. Well, Man, I'm 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 fired up for it. It's it's un, very different than the sport of football, but it's nice, relaxing. Get the serenity of the the course. Uh, and the only thing is, the, like, pie, the I, fake bird noise. I always, oh, I always struggle to when you watch the Masters. It makes you want to play, but you also want to watch it. So it's like, ah, do I go play? Yeah. You know, do I go get in? You know, the worst is like Masters Sunday is the best when it's. When you know you don't know who's gonna win, mm-hmm. and there's a couple of guys like last year. DJ was was a runaway, so it was like, oh, this this isn't what it's supposed to be. So hopefully we get a a good down to the wire Sunday. That's all I really ask for. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, just watching it all. It's pretty. I mean, it's just if you like golf at all, this is this is the best. This is as good as it gets. Uh, almost as good as listening to Eleven Personnel, am I right? That's right. <laughs> well, we appreciate y'all listening to us. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember, go Cats and go Kroger.